Shared parenting does make it easy. I'm your host, Chris Batchelor, and this is the Parent Time Podcast. Parent Time Podcast is presented by National Parents Organization, a national nonprofit who is working hard to bring shared parenting nationwide. Hey everyone, my name is Chris with National Parents Organization, and today uh, we're here with Cam Huffman and uh, with uh, Matt Gibson from uh, West Virginia, and they've got some uh, some pretty exciting things going on there. Of course, uh, West Virginia just passed a uh, shared parenting law recently here, uh, but they do have some news about um, some things going on with the uh, with the judicial system there, and uh, specifically with some judges. So. Uh, Matt and um, and Cam, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having us. So, Cam, I'll uh, I'll start with you. Why don't you give us uh, kind of an overview? You're a, a lobbyist in West Virginia and also an, a, a huge shared parenting advocate, and uh, was instrumental in getting that law passed. Um, bring us up to speed. What's going on in West Virginia, and how is the uh, shared parenting law going? So, uh, with shared parenting, as you know, it's been a, a several year battle here in West Virginia. Um, we did pass the presumption of 50, 50, uh, and that's, um, working on that law here in West Virginia ended up, and family court issues ended up getting me uh, introduced to Matt Gibson, who is a friend of mine, who's been going through some issues in family court. It has not been uh, custody related, but it's definitely been some issues with that. Um, shared parenting in West Virginia, um, from people that I'm talking to on the ground is, is helping a lot of men and women. Um, as you know, with COVID, when COVID hit, um, a lot of uh, women were, for instance, if they were nurses and whatnot, and they were going back into the workforce and they had to be on site and didn't have the luxury of working from home. And several men uh, were able to work from home uh, based on COVID, which definitely changed their paradigm. Um, and, um, so it, in West Virginia, if you recall, we, we were a, um, a caretaking function solely. So if you were burping the baby, feeding the baby, you know, hands on, right. Um, but not necessarily providing for the family, you know, a roof over the head or, uh, insurance or food or anything like that. So, um, we did add a parenting function to the to the law uh, to the law, um, so um, it ended up helping a lot of men and women in West Virginia, um, especially with the dynamics of COVID. Um, so we have some, from what I'm hearing from people around uh, the state, some judges are happy about the law, some are not, some are willing to enforce it. And some say they're not going to enforce it, you know, which is, you know, if they don't like the law. They need to become a legislator and create law, not, uh, <laughs> exactly. not, yeah. what, not necessarily decide what they get to enforce and what they don't get to enforce. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so through those, um, through those several years of working with, um, children's rights here in West Virginia with shared parenting, um, I was able to uh, meet Matt. Matt actually has, um, I met Matt, started through YouTube, to be honest with you. Matt ended up having a um, issue with family court, um, and he was smart enough to uh, catch, capture it on YouTube, and uh, or video, and posted it to YouTube, and um, after seeing the video and sharing it and whatnot, got in touch with Matt and started talking to him about uh, his 
battle that he was going through with family court in West Virginia and, and what was, uh, well, Matt will be able to definitely go into more detail on that end, but um, definitely some stuff that was just not, not to par and um, became good friends. And now we're, we're advocates uh, trying to um, better the family court system in West Virginia. Well, that's great. Matt, uh, let's hear from you now. Um, so tell us a little bit about your story. Hey, good evening. Hey, my name is Matt Gibson, like you said. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, I had a situation with family court. Um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and go in detail. Anything I'll say will be backed up by facts. You can go to YouTube or wherever you'd like to go. Um, you know, March 4th, 2020, I had a judge who decided to be the uh, judge, jury, uh, the sheriff, and, and the janitor. And she come to uh, search my home illegally. So I was able to video and audio her through uh, various means to uh, to capture the incident. And uh, <clears throat> I'm basically here to say no more. I'm basically here to say, uh, men, women, when you go to family court, you do have rights. And you must stand up. And if you don't stand up, they will trample on you. But I can promise you, in Raleigh County, that judge will no longer search a home in Raleigh County. Okay, and I'm here to send, send a message to the rest of the judge watching. You're not allowed to search homes, and if you do, it will, will not be tolerated. And I'm very thankful for John Bryan, the Institute for Justice, and the legislators for all stepping up. I'm thankful uh, for my support system. Uh, it's been a long three years, um, but uh, it was good to see victory. That judge did resign um, through a very, very hard push, but I am a man of my words. I would not go away till she went away, and. Uh, here we're sitting right now. So for all those, uh, you know, that are watching this and, and uh, may not uh, have full understanding of what's going on, um, tell us a little bit about um, what, what got us to the current state. Because as I understand now, there's two different judges in West Virginia that uh, have been had uh, charges filed against them. Uh, and Cam, I first uh, made aware of this. This came up on your uh, Facebook page. Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit about that, Cam, these uh, charges against these judges. Sure. So uh, there were two uh, judges that were um, basically conspiring with the, the judge that uh, ended up finally resigning. Um, the judge that resigned actually ended up having um, a resolution filed by the legislature um, for impeachment. The, the House of Delegates had moved to have the judge impeached. She had been um reprimanded by the West Virginia Supreme Court, um, had been penalized. I think it was a thousand dollars and, uh, that was about it. So the, um, West Virginia legislature, the house of delegates ended up drafting a resolution, uh, nine participants or nine sponsors, uh, including the speaker of the house, um, ended up sponsoring this, um, this uh, resolution to uh, for impeachment. So uh, there was some pressure there. She finally bowed out uh, before the impeachment could actually begin. Um, but we have what we refer to as the JIC, the Judicial Investigation Commission, and um, the the uh, Family Law Judge Association here in West Virginia had filed briefs to be, was what they refer to as an amicus brief, to be a friend of the court, 
Um, they were wanting to interject themselves as judges into this uh, this court proceeding with uh, the uh, the judge <laughs> with the West Virginia Supreme Court uh, and uh, help basically as the association came out and said that she had done nothing wrong. Um, constitutional law states, you, you know, I mean, you can't search a home without a warrant. Um, fairly well known, uh, you know, I've never practiced law in my life, but I have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express once. And, but, uh, yeah, I mean, basic stuff. I mean, for, for Matt to have his constitutional rights violated by a family law judge and to have a family law judge association back her suggesting that she had done nothing wrong um, with violating constitutional rights, even though she admitted to the Supreme Court and the Judicial Investigation Commission that she had violated several canons, judicial canons, including but not limited to um, searching somebody's home without a search warrant, um, which they ended up pushing back. Um, they contacted the um, West Virginia legislature. They contacted the Supreme Court. They tried to have um, the prosecutors that worked for the JIC, the Judicial Investigation Commission, terminated. Um, that didn't happen, thank God. Um, but it's, I think it's come down to they've been able to run for so long without necessarily having the oversight that we have now, thank goodness, with the, uh, the JIC and the, the Supreme Court, the West Virginia Supreme Court now. Um, we have a lot of new members on the West Virginia Supreme Court, and they are definitely taking this serious. And um, we cleaned up the legislature, ended up cleaning up the West Virginia Supreme Court uh, several years ago. Um, it went through an impeachment process. And now the uh, West Virginia Supreme Court is, they are aware of the seriousness of um, the situation and they've been addressing it. They've been um, a big advocate for cleaning it up. And the family law judges, um, if they're willing to violate a constitutional right, um, you can imagine what's not on the table. Yeah, we've we've heard from other states, uh, you know, where uh, family law judges have said, well, Constitution doesn't apply in family court. And uh, certainly it does. Um, I think this this absolutely proves that it does. But, uh, you know, it's it, it, it just seems like, you know, this has gone on for quite some time. And now, you know, finally, the roosters are coming home to roost. Right. Um, how, how long did it really take to, you know, to get this action? I mean, it sounds like it's been years uh, in the making. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, the original search, the legal search and seizure was March 4th, 2020. Um, we're almost sitting on three years now. I want to remind people <clears throat> she admitted to her through depositions and the JIC that she has searched homes for more than 20 years. She admitted doing it to more than 11 times. So I don't want to make it look like I was the first one. I was just the first one to say that's enough. Now, I want people to understand this. It wasn't just a judge who searched the home. It was the officers of the court, the attorneys also. The attorneys are okay. Nope, not one attorney stopped. Not one judge stopped her. Not one police officer stopped her. 
it been going on. This racket's been going on for 20 years. So to answer your question, it's been going on for three years. And I want to, uh, it started off with the investigation. Then we went to uh, the people who judge the judges. They're called the uh, JDC. We went to them. They found her guilty. Um, and they recommended a fine and uh, $5,000 and a censure. Now, to make it clear, only the legislators can remove a judge. So the Supreme Court had the hearing, which was next. And they lowered the fine to $1,000 in the censure. Now, I find that somewhat offensive, and, and I do thank the uh, Supreme Court for what they did. Did, But that being said, if you're going to barely smack her in the hand and give her a $1,000 fine, then there's the judges will pretty much laugh about it. I mean, heck, they got $1,000. They get that through campaign contributions to the attorneys. So $1,000 ain't nothing. I mean, the censure was nothing. What really went through, and, and so then after that, I'm skipping ahead here. We filed a, uh, a, a federal 1983 lawsuit, which is a, it was in 2021. So then we, we ran through all that. Uh, we did the depositions, which were sworn, which I have if anybody would like to have them. Um, then uh, we went to federal uh, court. Uh, we actually uh, we went to one uh, summary judgment hearing, and the judge ruled in our favor to take her immunity. So then she automatically... Uh, Appealed, and that's kind of where we're at right now. We're in the fourth circuit of appeals, and we're awaiting the the circuit's answer to it. Now, again, this is what it took. She broke the law, admitted to doing it more than 20 years. The JDC says you're guilty. The Supreme Court says you're guilty. The federal court says you're guilty. The Supreme Court says you're guilty because we're going to impeach you. So let's just pray to God that the fourth circuit has uh, has their eyes on. Yeah, certainly um, to bring any sort of justice to the situation, it seems like you've had to go, um, you know, immensely out of your way and, and take a lot of your time and effort um, when, you know, really the court should, should just have taken care of this, right? Um, I mean, what, what's your feelings on the whole matter and, and how do you uh, hope that it gets uh, resolved? So I have a really good feeling that the Fourth Circuit, there's no way they can back her. I mean, that's, uh, it's black and white. You can't do what she did. Uh, I feel like she's going to lose her appeal. But if by chance, I'll put it on the record. That's why we have the Institute for Justice. If we lose the Fourth Circuit, I will see you in the U.S. Supreme Court. And I want people to understand this is a national issue. If they rule in her favor, that means any old judge can go with the old Mayberry Police Department and search a house because you don't need a search warrant. We'll just have a big old judge sitting in the car and open the door, and there it is. It doesn't work that way. There's a reason why we have the Constitution and you know the Fourth Amendment, you know, all that. My, my point is, if she's allowed to do this and and, and, and have immunity, then, uh, man, we lost a national battle. Uh, but I do have hope that the Fourth Circuit is going to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, justice will probably never fully be served. Um, you know, one of the best things is she came off the bench. One of the best things is uh, they were going to impeach her. Uh, so, you know, I do have some, some solace in that. Uh, but I will say it's been three years of health. It's been a thousand emails, um, a thousand Facebook posts. And, uh, you know, all I can tell people out there, if you're 100% right, you keep fighting. And thank God I had a good surrounding crew. Uh, my beautiful girlfriend who, uh, who helps me out tremendously. Um, uh, my family, my friends like Cam and, uh, you know, all the guys out there that that's helped me, man, I, I appreciate you. Um, but it's a, it's a long battle. Uh, so what I hope gets done is they, uh, affirm our decision on, on our side and then we can move forward. That's what I hope. 
And for, you know, other judges that are still on the bench in West Virginia, do you think that this, uh, I mean, have has this basically put them on notice that, you know, that they actually need to follow the law? Well, I, I, you know, I, I would hope. <laughs> um, I can't speak for the judges, but um, I'll tell you, though, for Matt to, to do what Matt has done uh, on his end and for people, you know, like me in the custody battle, um, you know, one of my first videos, you know, I worked behind the scenes for three years um, trying to get the 50-50 parenting law passed um, because I was afraid of retaliation, you know, and Matt had the exact same situation. Not only that, our Judicial Investigation Commission had retaliation from family law judges there. I, I mean, it is you know, you're, you're going up against the people who, like I said, if they're violating constitutional rights, they are definitely going to be willing to intimidate you and, uh, and, you know, retaliate. And it's, it, it can be a scary place to be, you know, and thank, you know, God for people like Matt and, and these other groups, you know, Jeb and, and Jared and Sky and, T Tisa and Michaela and, you know, Andy and, you know, all this, this group, because really we have to lean on each other and encourage each other and say, yep, you know what, keep pushing. And these little wins that we continue to see um, that we celebrate with each other, um, it just helps keep the ball moving. And hopefully, hopefully, it will empower other people. Um, when we went to do the impeachment proceedings, there were people that started contacting legislators finally, because it had finally gotten to that point where they're like, well, let me tell you about her using, you know, her state card for stuff and what she's making her staff do that, you know, uh, doing yard work for, I mean, it's like serious. So this is, been able to uncover even more and embolden other people to file. And um, if anybody from West Virginia is dealing with a judge or an attorney, you know, like Matt was saying earlier, you know, you have rights. There are rules and procedures to family court. There is a canon of ethics that the judges are to follow. You need to know these. Now, your attorney probably will not tell you because your attorney makes money from the system and your attorney has to represent other clients in front of the judge. If you're slighted in family court, they're probably not going to end up encouraging you to file a complaint with the, the, uh, the JIC or whoever else with the state bar or anybody because they're part of the system. You know, you are paying them. But once your case is done, they're on to the next. So in West Virginia, um, you know, Matt and, and uh, the other groups that helped with the 50-50 parenting, we have been helping people, educating them on the, the uh, JIC and how to file a complaint on either attorneys or judges and explaining to them about the canons and what, what those are and what the rules and procedures are that they can look forward for their rights in family court. 
I want to talk a little bit. Your LinkedIn post here mentioned that there were two different judges that were charged. So who is this first judge that we've been talking about and, and who was the other judge and what were they charged with? Okay. So the uh, first judge is Judge Stoller. Now, this feller here is supposed to be um, unbiased. He was a member of the JDC. That's the next step once they hear the complaint. He's the he's the judge who judges judges. Okay. It's got several judges on this panel. So he stopped the JDDC hearing for uh, the judge that was involved in my case, Judge Goldston. And then he went straight to her side. Well, he started questioning the prosecutors. Uh, so they actually stopped the hearing because he was so out of line. Okay, so behind the scenes, and this is what it takes, behind the scenes, we later able, able to uh, uh, do some investigation. And what we realized was this feller, Judge Stoller, is supposed to be uh, not biased, turned about turned to be real biased because he was helping Judge Goldston with her court case. And they they uh, got help from the other judge who's, who's being charged right now, Judge Rock. So behind the scenes, they told the JIC that they didn't help her. Well, our depositions said she did. So through through investigations, now you get both of them trapped up because uh, they both lied to the JIC and they pulled some, uh, some computer records and, and seen that there was emails back and forth. So, uh, you know, hope that's clear enough. Was that clear enough? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's just, uh, amazing that not only would they lie, uh, you know, they, uh, apparently these judges think that they're, um, you know, they're, they're untouchable, right? They can do whatever they want and, and, um, you know, life is good, but, uh, hopefully the, the legal process follows out here. What do you think's uh, going to happen to these two judges, uh, that were also implicated in this case? If, if I'm taking a stab at it, I'd like to think the Supreme Court thinks uh, they're probably going to be a little more harsh, harsher than they would. Um, the impeachment should push them to be a little bit harder. Um, I think they will be charged as they are now. And I, I, again, you got to remember the state Supreme Court can only suspend them X amount of time. They can only find them up to five thousand dollars. They will not be removed from the bench because they can't. The Supreme Court cannot remove them. Now, however, once we uh, see how this trial goes. Maybe we, the people, can make the push to get these two liars off the bench because that's what they are. Uh, they conspire to help a, a judge break the law, and that's going to be my push. Uh, we got one off, two more to go, because when you conspire to break the law, how many times has it happened? You, they lied under oath. Game is over. Game is over. I promise you. Just to key on what Cam said earlier about judge, or, uh, excuse me, attorneys not wanting to help you. Um, I had to defend myself in. Uh, three counties in front of three different judges, a total of seven times because nobody really wanted to touch my family court case. And I also say this, if you can do this, if you can, nobody will defend you like you. Now, however, you got to be very careful because it is their sandbox. And when you crash your sandbox, you get to play by their rules. But uh, fortunately for me, um, I did have a judge from another county who actually uh, let me play in their sandbox. And uh, I'm very thankful that all the, all the, um, the original case was dismissed and so forth and so on. So uh, just nobody will defend you like you. You're your best advocate. So in, in West Virginia now, uh, with three judges implicated in this, in this uh, incident with, uh, you know, with a judge, um, you know, breaking uh, people's constitutional rights, you know, for over 20 years, uh, you know, really, is there any, is there any faith left in the judicial system there? Or, uh, I mean, 
you know, there's there's got to be hundreds of judges across the state. Uh, you know, are, are they are they all operating like this, or is there still some faith uh, in the system? So I'll say this: I know there's a there's an organization that Cam mentioned earlier called the Family Court Association. Now, these people go behind the scenes and they meet, probably eat some rich crackers and some cheese, and but they voted. This is this is all sworn testimony. They have voted to to get the prosecutor fired. So you get a bunch of people over eating rich crackers and cheese, and that's my joke. And now they vote, they vote to fire the JLC prosecutor because she's doing her job. That's how that's how emboldened these people are. Is there any faith in a family court system? Uh, it's minimal. Um, honest to goodness, I would love for the JLC, I'd love for the Supreme Court to say, absolutely not. Do your job. Rule by law. Rule by the 50-50 plan. Don't break civil rights. It's not rocket science. These people go to law school, I think. I don't I don't think you can buy it at, at Kroger yet. But it, I mean it's you know, it's up for debate. Now, I want these attorneys, for goodness sake, you're an officer of the court, you take a pledge. And if I ain't mistaken, it goes something uh, I want to uphold the constitution. Well that's what you that's what you took the pledge to. It's what you uh, you raise your right hand, okay? Um, and it, it, it gets me a little bit fired up because it's a shame. It's a shame that we have to fight. It's a shame that we have to do this interview because these, these people can't do their job correctly. All right. Corruption's corruption. I'm calling you out. If there's any attorney with any kind of spine that wants to stand up, stand up. Yeah. Well said. I, you know, it's just, uh, unbelievable that, uh, not only, you know, would somebody be allowed to, to break the law like this and, and take away somebody's constitutional rights, but then, you know, an advocacy group like that would, uh, would stand behind them. It's, uh, it, it's really quite something. And Chris, I, I would like to add, so Matt was, you know, going on about the uh, West Virginia Supreme court and about how they cannot remove a federal or a, a family law judge in West Virginia. They're an elected official. They run for office and they're elected to that office. So the only, re, re, the only way to get them out of office is through an impeachment process through the state legislature. So that's why we ended up having to go that route. Um, the Supreme Court can uh, suspend them without pay. They can give them a, a, a financial fine. Um, but other than that, their hands are kind of tied when it comes to making anything more than that. So um, we're hoping that maybe we can end up, uh, we're looking at maybe some legislation so that um, the legislators, the judicial commission, the judicial committees will kind of be informed on what's happening with these uh, these complaints and whatnot with these judges, if not this session, next session. We're halfway through this legislative session, so uh, time is ticking. <laughs> um, but uh, we would like for, since they are the end-all, be-all and the final, final straw on having a judge removed, and if they don't know what's going on, um, it's a little tough for them to know, you know, who needs to be impeached. So um, thank goodness for the Internet and YouTube and and uh, being able to uh, share the stories of what's going on and holding these people accountable. You know, I mean, it, it, the best thing that's ever happened for a. Uh, you know, police officers or body cameras. The worst thing has ever happened for police officers or body cameras. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, I mean, be able to record it for family court. 
typically a family court, uh, those sessions are recorded. Um, not all those recordings make it. I had some recordings of my own in my own court case that I tried to lean back on that were there, but they are not there now. Um, we as a public are not allowed to record in family court, but if those videos aren't going to be maintained and whatnot, you know, thank goodness for Matt being able to have an impromptu hearing. They, they stopped his hearing mid mid hearing and said, Hey, meet me at your house in 15, 20 minutes. And Matt started recording there on, on the lawn of his house. They tried to take his phone, try to make him stop recording, uh, threatening him with jail <laughs> that if he kept recording, his girlfriend kept recording. Um, finally, they did get his phone. Thank goodness they didn't get in to delete it. I, I mean, so I think that accountability is coming. Um, some accountability has happened. Um, but the goal is to shine a light on it and light cleans up a lot of stuff. So the more we can do this sort of stuff and talk about it and get the information out there really causes that change. I mean, Matt's video on YouTube ended up getting a lot of traction. We used it during the legislative session showing what is going on. So document, document, document. Yeah, and we'll, we'll throw a link to that video uh, if it's available uh, in the notes here of this program. And, and um, any, any final thoughts on this, Cam or Matt? What, uh, you know, what, what are your closing thoughts on this? Uh, certainly we hope that West Virginia is able to uh, have a judicial system that people can, can trust. Uh, it sounds like uh, there may be some time for that to happen. Uh, and it uh, sounds like there's there's still a lot of work to go, but we certainly thank you for, for all your hard work. But uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? Yeah, like I said, uh, I will reiterate what I said before. Uh, just remember you have rights. Um, remember that these judges have uh, what you call a code of uh, canons. That's their code of ethics. It's called judicial canons. Remember the, the attorney is supposed to represent you. And uh, if he's not, and there's there's a there's an organization called the West Virginia Office of Discipline Council. That's that that that's who investigates lawyers. Okay, so do not be afraid to stand up. Now I ain't gonna lie to you. It's not easy, but <clears throat> you know, luckily I, I had an attorney by the name of John Bryant. He's he's also known. I call him the OG, the original gangster of. Uh, he's he's a civil rights attorney. You can find all, all my video on his website. You also have a great organization called the Institute for Justice, and. Um, both those people were able to stand up for me. Again, I would not have made it without my friends and family, but you you can stand up. It's You can. If you're right and your hands are clean, stand up. Find some people. I don't mind helping you. You can reach out to me. Uh, I'm sure Cam will do the same. Our whole thing is to, is to clean this state up. And if it takes me and Cam and and, 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 and Jeb and, and a few other people, I'm not sure if I can name them or not, but you know who you are. Um, there's a sport and cast guy and Jared and all these, all these people out here. Listen, we're here to clean it up. I will not go to nowhere. Wrong house. That's my last thing. You went to the wrong house. Thank you. Thank you, Matt and Cam. Yeah. You know what? Thank you for helping us get the word out. Um, you know, I do believe that there is faith in the judicial system, uh, in West Virginia, although, we are dealing with the family, 
judicial system. In the family judicial system, uh, I haven't spent any time in the others, uh, but I can tell you the family judicial system is struggling. And um, hopefully we're, we're getting it uh, cleaned up and hopefully they'll will improve the system for children. And, and I mean, you know, when you start going into family court, we know there's a lot of issues that you have to go through in family court. And, and what happened to Matt is, you know, I don't want to downplay it one bit, but the biggest threat that we have in family court are children. I mean, kids, I mean, this, this is a system, if they are doing this to Matt over DVDs, I mean, they, they came into his house for DVDs. Broke his constitutional right to come in and look for property. Like, seriously, what are they doing when it comes to children? So the fight definitely is to make it better for everybody and to clean it up and and hold people accountable. Well, Cam and Matt, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we will certainly keep our eyes on this story. And uh, as things develop, we will uh, we'll let you know here uh, on this channel uh, for National Parents Organization. Again, thanks again for coming on, and, and we eagerly uh, wait to hear uh, what the outcome is. Thank you, Matt and Cam. Thanks, Chris. Now, that was recorded on video, so if you want to go ahead and watch the video, you can find the link in the show notes. It's on YouTube. And if you have any questions, you can contact National Parents Organization at sharedparenting.org. Don't forget to like National Parents Organization on social media. Just go ahead and do a Facebook search for National Parents Organization and smash the like button. You're also going to find several Facebook pages for different state chapters, so go ahead and like those pages as well. And don't forget, you can also follow National Parents Organization on Twitter or LinkedIn. The links to those social media sites are on the sharedparenting.org website. If you're passionate about shared parenting, the best thing you can do is get involved. And the best way to do that is by contacting your state chapter. If you head over to the sharedparenting.org website, you can find the links to your state chapter and then contact them directly to take action and volunteer. We could also use your help with donations. National Parents Organization is a nationally recognized nonprofit registered in Massachusetts. To donate, visit sharedparenting.org and click the Take Action and then Donate. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Tell us what you think on social media or by going to the sharedparenting.org website and sending us a message. Fill out that contact form and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear about what you think about the show or what you want to hear on the show, those sorts of things. So go ahead and, and send us a message. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Chris Batchelor. Thanks for listening, and together we can help bring shared parenting nationwide. So